Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Just Saying. I'm Charlie Thornton, your host for another Be My Guest episode where we talk to smart people about interesting stuff. And today we're going to be discussing if brevity is something that's mostly valued in certain cultures or if it's more universal. But first, be sure to subscribe. And if you like what you hear on this podcast, please leave us a review. Did you know that every time a bell rings at the Brief Lab, it means that someone just gave us a review? That's that's not actually true. I can't back that up, but you get the idea. Please leave us a review. We, we very much appreciate it. Okay. Today I talked with um, Simone Bougo. My French is not very good. Simone is an author who was born in Quebec, but he lives, he's traveled the world, but he lives and works in his adopted home of Seoul, South Korea, where he coaches Korean business leaders on how to be more effective internationally. So I thought he would be a good guy to talk to about communications and specifically what's different in different cultures about communications and then what things are the same. Let's listen in. Simon Bureau. Simon, Simon. I'm French-Canadian. Yeah. All right. I, I usually pronounce it the French way. So Simon, Simon Bureau. 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 Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm, my, wife's, my wife speaks French very well, and I am a, an embarrassing hack. So uh, <laughs> it's, so, it's so good to talk to you. And, but you're not, you're not calling me from Montreal or from France. You are in Korea. Seoul, Korea, minus nine degrees uh, Celsius this morning. Ooh. All right. Yep. Well, bundle up. Um, <laughs> I, I'd I'd love to hear a little of your backstory. Is how you how you wound up in Korea doing what you're doing, working with Korean professionals. As as Joe says in his book, long story short, um, I first landed in Korea in 1986. My first job right out of uh, college, I was a finance major. I landed a job for one of the big um, Korean companies here. And um, I like the company. I like the company. I like the work. I like the country so much. I started coming back. Um, that was 86, 87. Worked back in Montreal, did a master's degree, uh, worked in New York for a while. And then 93, I came back a second time. I was doing a master's degree. I had to write a thesis. So came back here, learned Korean and um, wrote the thesis. Then I got a job in Montreal, 94, 98. Out of that, I was seconded to the CSIS in Washington, DC for one year. Uh, and 98, I got bored and I thought, uh, I wanna go back to Korea. So I started my own company in 98. So it's been what, uh, do the math, 22 years now. Um, those 22 years have been kind of divided into two parts. The first part was consulting, pure consulting, market research, uh, industry sector research. Uh, I was helping foreign companies understand the Korean market. I was kind of translating the Korean market for foreign companies. Um, uh, my clients were mostly European, Germans, French. Uh, I would not necessarily help them to you know, establish here, but understand who are the players, how big is the market, who should they work with. Uh, then after 10 years of bringing foreign companies to Korea, uh, I was approached by uh, small and medium enterprises from Korea, Korean companies that I got to meet professionally. And they says, well, you know, we appreciate you coming and bringing us potential partners, but would you take us overseas? And, uh, and that was like 2007, 2008. And I said, well, why not? When you run your own business, you get up every morning and you decide which direction you take. So I said, why not? I start doing that and I realized the Koreans were 
as much as their technology was very advanced, a lot of this SMEs, the small medium enterprises, uh, were run by a group of engineers. Nothing wrong with engineers, but very often they're focused on proof of concept products, not yeah. really much into sales and marketing. So I start realizing there was a real demand for them to learn how to do business overseas. So I wrote a first book. The first book came out in early 2010, which, which called, it was called uh, Global Business Mindset. Uh, it was, and I develop a definition of what it is to have a global mindset. So M-I-N-D hyphen S-E-T, long story short. Again, I was chairman of the Canadian Chamber of Commerce that year. So, of course, I got a lot of media coverage for that book in, in, in Korea and all the economic papers and the big, uh, you know, the lo local papers. And uh, so I got lots and lots of requests for lectures. A lot of people were asking me to come in. They were saying, well, we love your book, but we don't really want to read it. So would you come in for a couple of hours and, and do a, a special lecture on it? And, and the money was not bad. And I, I was doing my consulting work, but and, and, I, and I realized, wait a minute, I, I think there is an opportunity in doing more lecturing. So I developed more uh, a broader range of, of, of uh, seminars, workshops. And that was 2010. And that's how I got into what I'm doing now, which is corporate training. I'm solely focused on that nowadays. So that's uh, how do you much... like it compared to consulting? Oh, love it. I love it for two reasons. I think it's in my DNA. My grandmother was a teacher. My mother was a teacher. My mother had six sisters are all teachers. And I have 10 cousins who are teachers. So it's 18 of them. So wow. I think it's in my DNA. First reason, second reason is I like the contact with students. Nowadays, it's all online, fortunately, but this offline eye contact proximity with students, seeing the reactions, seeing the ha-ha moments, uh, it's, it's priceless for me. Um, so much, much better um, uh, appreciation for this, uh, this new direction that I took yeah. roughly, roughly 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. We've made a jump. The, the the early days of the brief lab, we were doing a lot of consulting with executive teams and things like that. And just to jump over now to instructing workshops, it's so much more rewarding to teach someone something and see that light bulb go off. Boom. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, if if they leave here with nothing <laughs> else, uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna know that. Yeah. Good. Um, so I'm curious about the communication piece of it. Yeah. Because um, one of the questions I get a lot at the Brief Lab is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole brevity thing, getting to the point, thinking clearly, it, it all, it's all good. But what about in other cultures? You know, maybe it wouldn't fly mm -hmm. in other cultures. And I'm curious because you've had a lot of experience with a lot of different cultures, a lot of different industries. Um, how do you see that? Oh boy, it's I mean again that's a it's a whole really really big topic, but which is very fascinating because uh, Koreans um, uh, Koreans are obsessed about learning English. They're truly truly obsessed about it uh, for good reasons. Korean like Korean language is a twenty second most spoken language in the world. Basically, you jump on a plane, uh, you can't talk it, you can't talk in Korean anymore outside of South Korea. So they are obsessed with learning second or third languages and English is the obvious, uh, the obvious suspect. Now, mm -hmm. 
they learn English from a very young age. They learn language, but they don't learn communication. And I realized that very, very quickly. Um, sometimes, well, for, for your information and that of your audience, uh, English is not my first language. I learned English when I was in middle school and high school. I'm French Canadian. Uh, born and brought up in French-speaking part of Quebec, uh, Canada. Uh, so um, I also went through this process of learning language and then learning communication, but very few can speak um, clearly with brevity, with logic. Uh, sometimes it, it baffles me. They know words, I mean, very complicated words that I've barely use, but they have a very wide vocabulary, but they don't know how to put sent sentences, short sentences together. So um, speaking of uh, answering more longer on your on your answer about culture, I, I'm going to jump right in into some heavy uh, theories of cross-cultural communication issues, let's do if it. you don't mind. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'm sure a lot of your uh, audience members are familiar with the low contacts and high contacts communication issues. Western people mo mostly being low contacts and high contacts. We also say that Westerners were very direct and were very explicit okay. when we speak. So good communication for us is detailed, precise, accurate. We repeat ourselves when we need. Uh, uh, West uh, Eastern is the exact opposite. We're indirect, implicit, and you sometimes often, well, sometimes often, assume that the other person understood exactly what it means. You see, Koreans are accustomed to speak among themselves. A lot more than us Westerners, uh, we're in more contact with more cultures. Like in Europe, for example, you drive, you're in the center of Europe, you drive three, four, five hours in any direction, you hit as many different cultures and languages as you as you can. So, yeah. uh, so uh, in Korean, uh, when you say three words, you know that the other person will understand because they have a very, very common background. So they often don't give as much information as you would expect as an Easterner. So it's very ironic because we're here to talk about brevity, but sometimes Koreans are too brief. <laughs> Hmm. because they don't put context because they say, well, I'm, it's as if I'm talking to a Korean, of course he or she will understand what I'm talking about. So my yeah. first problem when I got into the training of communication training was to make sure that they tell enough uh, context. Um, and then once they develop more context around their ideas, well, then you go back to the issue of brevity. How do you, put enough different ideas, background and all that. And then you go back to making it shorter. And that was a big, uh, big thing. Uh, I used to get, the, the, the reason I got into this was first, uh, the first version of this uh, communication training that I do. I actually, I have a workshop that I call getting to the point mm. in business communication. And that's verbal, written, and uh, most and, and unspoken communication. But yeah. a, a big part is written and like writing emails, basically. And um, <clears throat> this came around about because I was getting emails that were like nonstop. You, you know what I'm talking about? Very, oh, very yeah. long emails. Yeah. And then at the very bottom, 
there is the you know the the call to action at the very bottom is like what is Buried it at the end yeah and, and people say well i wrote you an email you never reply yeah but you didn't tell me what you wanted in the first sentence or in the first paragraph uh, so i had to teach that and uh because i realized there was such a demand for, for, for that this is how i got started with this issue and and it i, I can assure you that there are plenty of westerners <laughs> who struggle with that exact same yeah. thing I, and i think actually some of it is totally logical because if you're a linear thinker which i think a lot of people are you sort of begin at the beginning right well here's the situation etc and here are the things that are going to happen and here are the things i want you to know and here's me my report and and therefore here are some conclusions and so what i'd like to ask you to do all about all this mm. which then by definition comes at the end yeah which is precisely the worst place it can be in an email in an environment where the, the thing i always say about email is we write them in isolation but we receive them in mass boom Exactly. You know, and when you're exactly. receiving them in mass, you need that that main point up at the top, not yeah, buried exactly. after logical sequence. Is, is, uh, are you worth reading? Uh, yeah, that's the question you uh, ask. Are you me. worth reading? Exactly. Well, I yeah. always think like that. It's gonna that email is gonna go into one of two buckets: either the this looks quick and easy, I'm gonna just get it off my plate, or it's gonna go in the I don't know what that is. I'll just I'll just look at that later when I have time to devote to it, which of course is never. Exactly. Well, yeah. so I'm curious because about this, this issue of context, because I always think like one of the big mistakes that we see when people communicate, especially detail oriented people is they don't have any, they don't give any context. They just assume that their audience shares their technical knowledge base. But I think the second most common mistake is they share way too much context. Where, you know what I'm saying? So how do you, <laughs> how do you help people strike that balance? Cause I, I've, I find sometimes that you, you take them from one extreme to the other and now you've created yeah. a new monster. You well, know? you read my mind and, and this is where the book comes in. Uh, the, the mind map, uh, which I thought, which I think is brilliant. Um, uh, I'll, I'll make a confession that I use in my workshop. I use Joe's, um, uh mind map the br oh good yeah yeah the, the brief map well that's yeah that's the brief what, map the, that's the, why you wrote the book right well that's exactly and that's why i'm reading the book and i'm using the book so what i do and i, I as i and it's a confession but it's a legal confession i i'm using the the diagram the the bubbles the six bubbles uh, the central bubble and the five b-r-i-f-e-e-f Yep. And I, of course, I quote the source. I make sure that everybody knows that it comes from the brief, the book. And appreciate but that. I, and I, uh, that's one of the drills that I do in the workshop is I say, well, Mr. Park, Mr. Kim, Mr. Lee, the famous Korean name, this is, well, uh, could you, you know, turn back the movie in your, in your head like a week ago or a month ago when you had to write a, a very important email to a client or to your boss? And would you rewrite it now mm. uh, with all the ideas, all the information you, you conveyed, but according to those five boxes, put it into those five boxes, the background, the, you know, the, the, why it's important now. And, and it's, it, it is a wonderful, wonderful tool. Uh, we we're talking about context and background, not too much, just enough. I like, for example, um, ideas. Where do you start? Well, if you 
had a conversation last week with your boss and the conversations was ended with uh, questions from the boss. Well, where do you start? Well, you start by saying, I have an update on the question we discussed last week. Boom. There you go. Uh, you see, that's sometimes very, that's all enough. We, we tend to assume that the, the person will just jump, jump right into our brain and know where we are at right. with that email. And um, that, that book and that, the, the, the brief map is just wonderful. I use it all the time. Uh, that's great to hear. Yeah, I, I kind of like to think of it as like, go back to the last point at which you know you had some common understanding. That's it. So yeah, remember our last conversation when I said this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then start there. And now you've created sufficient context. There, there's a uh, little anecdote that I um, wanted to share with you. Last year, I, I did a big workshop with um, five direct reports to a CEO, country manager of a large, well, I won't name it, but people might guess it's a large food conglomerate from Europe, enough okay. said. <laughs> and okay. the CEO, the country manager of that company is German. It's not a German company, but the CEO is German. And you, we know, well, I don't like stereotypes, but a prototype of a German is, is very logical, very thorough, get to the point type of guy. Yeah. And uh, his, um, even though the company in Korea has a couple hundred people, but they have five, well, there's a director of sales and underneath the, under the, the director of sales are five key account managers. They handle different products and different retail uh, channels and any long story short, uh, they brought me in because the CEO was getting tired uh, because every week, every Wednesday morning, they had uh, to do a presentation on past week's uh, sales performance for per item and explain the results and explain what's going to be happening, what, what, what were their action uh, points or action plans for the following week. And the, the CEO was just going crazy. He, he could not understand why his Korean uh, sales uh, key account managers were not able to present in 10, 15 minutes, because that's the time they were given, 10, 15 minutes, a whole summary of what, what happened, happened. And um, so I came in, I was brought in to do that. And there were issues of how do you analyze data? How do you pronounce data? Uh, how do you <clears throat> analyze and, and present data? That's a little off the book, but the simple fact of being able to use the brief uh, method uh, to explain to the CEO uh, the situation, giving more context, why it's important now, uh, uh, you know, making reference to last week, to previous week's uh, sales report, things like that. Um, it, it was it was really really enlightening to to help these people because they were smart cookies. These guys, the more I I, I spent uh, almost a whole day with them, uh, you know, going through the five whys, the techniques like that, you yeah. know. It, it was fascinating. And then part of it was uh, what I just said, the, the using the mind, the, the, the brief uh, map. Um, it's, it's so much telling of the typical problem that foreign bosses have here of not being able to get quick, uh, accurate uh, description of 
of the situation uh, with proper background, proper reasons. You know, it, it's um, it, it it was a very uh, enlightening for me to to do that uh, large, long workshop uh, with that group last year. Fascinating stuff. I, in my experience, a lot of um, when you're learning about you know different cultural customs when it comes to communication a lot of the focus is on what's different understandably so right um but i'm curious what your perspective is on what are sort of the universal things when it comes to communication across different cultures what are some of the big the big ones that are really important that everybody needs well i i it's a very broad question but i think that you said it yourself earlier Sometimes we don't give enough context when we can communicate. We just assume, oh, I've told, I've told you a week ago such and such piece of information, or oh, I wrote you a couple of weeks ago in an email such and such element. Of course you know. Of course you know where I come from. There's no need for me to, uh, to, to go on about this. Well, why do you assume that the other person has that um, in the back of their mind right away. So I think that's a universal problem. I, I don't like to say problem, but an area of improvement. Uh, it, it's quite universal. Now, there are big, big differences the way people uh, communicate. We can't uh, hide from that. The fact that Koreans are more uh, indirect, more uh, implicit communicators. So, um, but in the end, we always we all want things to get done. Koreans are very much action oriented, result oriented. So I guess when we realize that our goal is to get things done effectively, um, um, then you realize the need for such training in how to talk. Well, to be brief, but I would add to be logical uh, in the way you present your ideas. A sequence you use in in bringing up your ideas with you simon i'm so glad that you reached out i get questions about the cultural sensitivity to brevity and for you to to share from your perspective i think was really really cool and really helpful so thank you so much for your time today well it was a pleasure i'm always happy to help and if some of your auditor uh, audience wants to um to get in touch uh you can make put the bridge um, and that would be uh, great. That'd be great. We'll put your uh, your website on our on the link in our description of the podcast. Wonderful. All right, Simone. Thanks again. Thank you for having right. me. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.